0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Dog Days where in this episode we are joined by the legend that is Mark Sanford, uh, founder of the Book of Man Um, In this episode we cover a whole bunch of things and most particularly um, we speak about toxic masculinity and what it means to be a man in 2019 and how that's associated to, to mental health So listen up, this one's a really good one Cheers This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar, and Ian McKenzie. Hello! Uh, Are we on? We're on. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, welcome to episode 10 of The Dog Days. we are joined today by possibly the nicest, most patient and wonderful <laughs> man that I've ever come across, Mark Sanford, founder of Book of Man. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Mark? Right, yeah, how's, how's it going, good?
1: mate? I'm very good, thank you, yes. Can, uh, we,
0: can we start off by saying sorry? We're going to have to talk about this now because we have to cover it. We, yeah. we fucked up today, fucked um, up, yeah. or at least somebody fucked up. We're not sure whose fault this was. but no, I think it was you. Okay. <laughs> okay. will fine. We'll say it was me. Um, but... We were late and we're here now. And either way, um, we're about to talk about some really exciting stuff. So, can I start off by saying sorry? That's fine. I accept your apology. And then, yeah. thank, you, thank um, you for being a wonderful man and, and having the best episode yet in the dog days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
2: welcome. I'm, I've got a bit of safekeeping now. I think you might need to come a little
1: bit closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm the
2: mic, please. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, it's okay. It's, how's that? Oh, exactly. Perfect. I'm really guess yeah, perfect. Deep, yeah. I can't hear, but I yeah, imagine. Well, so. I
1: just want to say thank you for driving me around uh, Croydon for an hour. That was good. <laughs> Taking in, you down memory lane. Yeah, in the drug dealer car, which was uh,
0: <laughs> which was fun. It's sort of it's it's kind of an episode theme. There, people complaining about the drug dealer car. I mean, yeah. no one's yet complained about Croydon, but
1: you're I, the first one to see. Croydon. I grew up there, and I'm entitled to complaining about Croydon. <laughs> so it's absolutely within my my rights. Well, we just have the. Ikea
2: Association to Croydon, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Middle that class once I used
1: to look out the window and see those towers every day. It was a <laughs> terrifying <laughs> reminder of where I am. <laughs> one um, day, one day, apologies. I'll be working there. Yeah. Was it still yeah. exciting for you to go shopping now, was it? No, 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 no. If there is a hell, uh, on a, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's probably Ikea on Bank Holiday Monday. Swedish meatballs, watching. though. They are good. They are good. Um, possibly, Possibly the best thing. Uh, <laughs>
2: about coin. <laughs>
1: yeah, <general>. yeah, <laughs> well,
0: Mark, thank you for joining yeah, us today. Um, I mean, again, this is a huge topic that I think we, uh, Ian and I, and. Putin's <laughs> at an investment <laughs> meeting. We wish them the best of luck. But. The, the purpose of today is to talk about toxic masculinity mm. and we, you know, the, the links that this has to um, to mental health and speaking about male suicide and obviously uh, Ian's connection and, and, and lots of people's connections now to the charity that is Calm. Mm. Um, this has become uh, a forefrontal conversation that everyone's speaking about and I'm hoping at least to make that happen. Um, we, I, I guess, are going to start off today by going through what that actually means. I think some people, this might be the first time they've heard of the, the definition toxic masculinity. It sounds Quite scary. I promise you, it's not. Um, and, and then I guess you know Ian and I have millions of questions that we want to ask yeah. you. Um, also, Pooch or Junior has also sent us some questions that we're going to ask you as well. Um, around actually some stuff around social media and yeah. how that can also have an effect and social me- and that sort of stuff. The lights have gone off. Uh, we haven't got our, our visuals today. We haven't got uh, the phone that we normally have on a stand. Right. And it's not because you're not beautiful. You are. Yeah. You are a stunning man. Um, but unfortunately, we just. I mean, you've seen this already this morning. No, it's because you have got a big spot on your face. <laughs> oh, shut up. It's not that big. Dim the lights, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my agent outside being like, oh my God, dim the lights. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's kick this off. Um, let's start really basic. And I guess I want to hear, let's hear where it started for you, because obviously you started um, not on this quest to, to, to better the world, but also you started, I guess, in, in media. Yes. From what I imagine. Yeah. Where, where did it begin for you?
1: Uh, well, I, uh, I sort of drifted around the, the world of media for probably over the last 17 years, um, I kind of started my career in like business uh, magazines fairly dull, to be honest with you, but kind of teaches you a lot about the industry and gets you into it. And then kind of consumer-wise, I think mean, this is the thing I always, talk, I always sort of try to sort of say to people when we talk about masculinity, I think we need to sort of at least have some grasp of femininity and at least be able to understand it and, and be in that part of conversation because you can't really talk about masculinity without understanding femininity and, I spent a lot of my time working in uh, female press. So I started my career at handbag.com, um, which was the largest p- uh, portal for women uh, back in the early 2000s, oh, right. one of the kind of darlings of the dot com boom and very successful. And then, you know, it, it got bought by Hearst, which rolled it in with other titles and then eventually folded, sadly. Um, was that so, what? I mean, yeah, was that the Hearst, was that or no? That nah, was that, eventually came me. You that know, was Bauer. Bauer, uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So kind of worked a lot in sort of female space and I moved to uh, to Shortlist Media um, soon after that, which was which was kind of looking after both the male magazine Shortlist and, and obviously Stylist Magazine, which which still exists. Shortlist, you know, obviously, certainly closing down earlier this year. Mm. Um, and I think Martin, who's um, uh, also founder of the Book of Man um, and my, my business partner, we were having conversations back then really about kind of what was happening with men today. And I think from Martin's perspective there wasn't really a lot of kind of content going on about actually men's emotions, you know, what's mm-hmm. happening with men from a, from a, an emotional point of view, what's happening to their lives, um, relationships. It was still very much the idea of a man needs to show strength, a man needs to do this, and a man needs to look like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite Shortlist being a big... A big uh, a big leap from the lads mag era right so you know martin cut his teeth on maxim for instance <laughs> so he kind of had that perspective of growing up in that culture or certainly developing his career in that in that sort of environment and so anyway to cut a long story short we both lost our jobs right? At <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> different times actually but kind of coincidentally it was it came at a time when we were both uh, in a pretty dark place actually mm. and you know i'd been sort of dealing with my own Depression for a few years, martin coming out of of a magazine career that had lasted you know kind of twenty or twenty odd years, and that was pretty much his life to going to suddenly being at home with the kids, mm. looking for a resource on how to deal with this sort of these dark thoughts he was having about his future and where he was going and you know, just simple things like how to how to change a fucking light bulb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean you can do that. I don't want to put him down. I mean, that's He's, one me, He's one step ahead of me then. He's <laughs> one step ahead of you, mm. mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but there was this this sort of feeling of actually there's no there's no resource here for kind of saying it's okay not to be okay and mm. to sort of you know let's let's start thinking about this, particularly from a consumer point of view. You know, you can you can go on Google and you can Google you know mental health issues, but it's facts, it's facts and it's 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 uh, research, it's not I want to hear from a guy who's going through the same as me, I want to hear about you know, um, Mr Joe Bloggs who's, you know, suffering from the same things I'm feeling about and how, how he deal, dealt with it, and there wasn't really that resource uh, to do that, and I think that's where we both kind of came together and decided, like, you know, Martin kind of developing this in the background and then me coming coming through a bit later on, but really having the same sort of mindset is that there is a, a space for a, a platform that kind of inspires men to to open up and talk. And that's, I think, you know, we've, we talk a lot about, um, you know, male suicide, obviously, and that's kind of some of those uh, facts and figures attached to that, you know, 84 men per week, we all, we all know, um, has kind of been um obviously given quite a big um a big push recently which is which is amazing for the awareness point of view but we have to kind of understand why these things are happening and also ask the question of why this is happening to men specifically mm. because you know if we look at the statistics and if you may, if I may <laughs> if you may lavish me with that that for a second um you know if you look at men and women you know women are are much more likely to suffer from anxiety or depression and have have these issues and i think you know based on 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 studies that have been done you know women are much more likely to kind of think about this negativity and think about the negative aspects of the things they're talking about and i think the expression is to ruminate over these things to the point where they feel comfortable enough to talk to a friend or talk to a peer or, or whoever it is their network of friends and it means that 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 is almost uh, given a little bit of relief to, uh, to the problems that exist. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fundamental difference with, with guys is this idea that men are much more likely to distract themselves from the negativity and the issue at hand. So they're much more likely to kind of say, I haven't got, oh, I've got this darkness in the back of my mind, but I'm not going to confront it, I'm not going to think about it, I'm going to do something else. And that mm-hmm. might be, I'm going to become an introvert. It might be, I'm going to put on a mask and be an extrovert and actually, you know, put on this face of everything's okay. But it also might mean that you retract to drinking more alcohol, taking drugs, et cetera, et cetera, which is why we have some more more problems with addiction with men. And the reason why they don't talk about it is ultimately that that silence is really the reason why... You know more men are likely to go, go go through with actually taking their own lives and I think that's where our mission is it's a very long-winded way of saying the book of man is here to create a platform that inspires men to open up working with the right partners to do that so working with the likes of calm working with the likes of you know rock to recovery and some of these charities and organizations but also brands as well to kind of change that conversation and and bringing the right kind of contributors towards that and the right voices that can penetrate different parts of society in the UK because I think this isn't a London issue yeah. Okay. No. this is a nationwide issue and it, even more so it's an outside of London issue if you look at the difference between a guy in London and a guy up in Halifax for instance there's a fundamental difference in, in lifestyle in uh, society and in the way we deal with, with masculinity and emotions mm. you know to be a man in, in a very kind of working class environment up in, you know, up in Newcastle for instance is very different to working in you know, living in Clapham mm, uh, the yoga, yoga class the yoga class yeah. exactly <laughs> so, I think, yeah, yeah. so I think we need to think about this more and we think you know, particularly from the way we talk about these things but also how media portrays these things as well. We're not just talking about mm. you know, working professionals in London going through a lot of shit. We're talking about guys with real problems, real financial burdens, real kind of issues around image as well and like how you have to be and how, you know, how you're conditioned to be. Mm. So there's a time bomb at the moment and I think it's, it's ticking but there's conversation going on that's really, really positive and really starting to change that conversation, I think. Mm.
0: Where did and and so obviously you know you've gone out to the to the industry and said right okay well, not the industry to um, I guess to some sense some celebrities and and people that stand for that sort of thing have there been any sort of challenges on that quest so far but you know trying to get people roped into the cause or are people saying straight up I agree I think that's I, I think,
1: think largely I think the way where you look at it I think we there's 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 several so several strands to what we're what we're doing mm. you know. Mas- new masculinity is the headline right so it's the idea that there is a new masculinity coming through which is much more progressive um it's about embracing your emotions it's about breaking down those toxic aspects of masculinity and trying to trying to push them to one side can we get to that point Delve in what those toxic aspects are sure so what, i mean what do we mean by yeah that? yeah of course well i mean this is i think this is one of the again one of the things that are that if you know, as we, as we joked about before, have a look on Google and look at the different definitions. Mm. And actually on, I think it's on Urban Dictionary, the, the sort of top definition of toxic, toxic masculinity is the idea that there are toxic aspects of what is masculinity that include things such as, you know, um, having a kind of entitled dominance over women. Mm. Um, you know, if something, is, is, if, if something isn't good, it's gay. It's mm. the use of language that we use. It's kind of not necessarily... Um, uh, being able to kind of use your emotions for good, but using anger as a, as a way to sort of show strength. And it's about that sort of idea of dominance and patriarchy that I think is is kind of inherent in a lot of men mm. in terms of its conditioned into us from a very early age to kind of be that way. And certainly within peer groups, it's very difficult for a lot of guys to kind of break out of those peer groups where that's the sort of language that, that you use. Yes. And I think we you know, we need to sort of start thinking about those aspects rather than thinking of masculinity as toxic, which it isn't, which is how it is kind of misconstrued, the term toxic masculinity. It's to- toxic aspects of masculinity that we need to really kind of get under the spotlight. I
0: think there's a really important, at uh, certain times to sort a of hover around a point, because I think the you can almost lose people in, 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 at this point of the, the podcast because someone's going, oh, I, don't know, fucking, I want to be a man. I, you know, it's, it's a good mm. thing that I have all these things and, and I think it's important that you know, we, we cover that and say that by saying that there are toxic elements of masculinity isn't saying that men are shit. You know, I think yeah, yeah. there's been a huge feminist movement that's been brilliant for equality and a lot of other things um, but I think it has been met sometimes with the reticence from, from men, mm. sometimes from women as well to say, no, I want men to be manly I want them to have these traits but... Mm. It's it's not a choice of one or the other. It's like no, either you support feminism or you're a bloke and you Mm. care about blokes. There's there's a mid ground that I think is important Mm. to cover as well.
1: Well, I think there's again, it comes down to language and words that you use, and also Mm. um, you know traits that, that can be that exist in us all but just need to kind of come to the surface. And we talk a lot about you know compassion, right? Compassion probably ten years ago was a word that was deemed, you know, in inverted it's gay, you know, yeah. it's yeah. that sort of thing again using mm-hmm. the language of 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 sort of the negativity. But it's it's that thing of like compassion and empathy and understanding and sympathy to a degree as well, which mm-hmm. are words that have never really been associated with 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 men, right? But they exist in us all and they always have done, you know, and if you look at kind of society over The years, you know, those those emotions have existed, but but we tend to kind of bury them, right? Mm. We bury them inside. And it's not to say all men don't, you know, all men hide those things. But there are a certain set of characteristics which define what 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 is toxic. Mm. And so, you know, if we can kind of instill some of these new virtues, this is what we talk about in terms of new masculinity, really it's taking those, those new virtues and kind of trying to put them into perspective that anyone can display these, any man can display these mm. and it will not affect whether they are a man or not, yeah. right? It's not about, you're not a man because you're talking about emotions. Mm. You know, I was in an event last night with um, Jason Fox, one of our contributors, a whole room full of, you know, big, solid, blokes, right? Um, but women as well, right? So it was a mix. And you could see the change in the room as Jason Fox, who is probably the hardest man I know, but also you know, the softest kind of, you know, he is really in touch with what his issues are and how he deals with them. Mm. To see that room soften as he talked about these things. And for the questions to come through, these guys probably never, ever, ever address these things in their lives. Maybe they have, but maybe not in a public forum like mm. this. You could see the mood in the room change instantaneously, and it's that thing of like if you suddenly acknowledge like okay yeah that is you know is something I'm, I do and I probably shouldn't do it and da 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 da, but then bring out the emotions that are all the the traits that are positive then mm. you know we'll start, we can start to see some some positive changes I
0: think um, and just and, and don't worry if you haven't got all of them in a the list but have you the the negative traits just so we're clear and aware of what they are. They're like a top three, you know. Like mm-hmm. I imagine aggression
1: somewhere higher. Well, up there. I think you know it comes down to you know, I mean, very top like sexism, for instance. Yeah. Right. So the idea of the fact of of, of male dominance over over women, the enti- that entitlement that I talked about earlier, it's mm. the idea that guys. Or certain guys feel you know a woman's place is the kitchen, and I will have nothing to do with the raising of my children because I'm going to be at work or at the, the pub. yeah Yeah, <laughs> um, that is kind of a very traditional view that a lot of people still hold, and you know it's not that's not something you're going to change overnight. That is something that is a generational shift based on these kind of conversations, and, and our conversation now really is how do we how do we kind of instil that on women? Where does attraction to the other
2: other sex come into it though? So if you're because we, I will admit as a man you do talk about other women and say mm. you know she's hot she's this yeah. or that where does that those kind of behaviors come into this conversation yeah, yeah. with women
1: well this is the thing and i think this, this is where it gets very it gets interesting because there's this idea now and there's actually the, i mean just to sort of slightly detract from the question but i will answer the question mm. <laughs> um, you know there are now consent coaches for instance right in the dating scene so guys can go and see someone and ask how do i how do i Get consent, right? <laughs> because there is there is paranoia and there is panic since since the Me Too yes. um, movement move uh, took off, which you know has actually created some amazing positive strides on both sides in terms of you know what's happening with women, but also what's happening with men because mm. I think it's brought a lot of stuff to the surface. But I think also it's 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 bred a lot of paranoia and a lot of kind of um, self doubt. I think is the word of like, have I, am I treating women? the way that they would want to be treated. And I think the simple thing is to, I know it seems awkward, but to have that conversation, mm. you know, am I, am I being respectful to you, right? And it's not necessarily, I don't think, you know, the rules of attraction are never going to change. Like if you're attracted, to, you know, you have to, you have to appreciate that, that that needs to happen, right? And mm. with online dating and all sorts of stuff going on, it's very difficult to have that emotional attachment with people and kind of go down the road. But I think the conversations we have, it's okay to step out of a conversation that you're not comfortable having, right? If you're to, if you're in a peer group and you're talking about, oh yeah, yeah, we're well, yeah, going to go and do her, right? It's like, do you think that's a respectful way to talk about her? Probably not. Do you think you should jump out of that conversation? You probably can't, but you can certainly put across your point that you don't think that person's being very respectful. Mm. And yeah, that might be, that might come back bad on you. But I think you know, it's your. It's your right to be able to say something or to do something in that situation. I think.
0: Do you also think
1: uh, that there's a? Because I'm thinking
0: about now, you know, stemming all the way back into childhood, right? And there's this whole thing about um, being assigned a gender versus being assigned a sex, and actually, there's a very, there's very little difference if you think about it genetically between the emotions that both sexes feel. Is there an onus um, or, or as much importance from the female side? Because I look at like a Disney film, for example, yeah. and the. The girl Belle, it has to get. Well, actually, she goes to the beast in the end. <laughs> Bad example, yeah. but there's always a that's prince. There's always song. yeah. <laughs> but there's there's from a young age, a young girl is told that you've got to go for this um, this masculine man that's angry, he's aggressive, he's uh, he's definitely not you know aware with his emotions. He's actually everything but those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll save you in the day and will sweep you off your feet and you'll feel mm-hmm. pathetic, um, but pathetically in love with this yeah. prince, right? Yeah. So. It's a long way of asking: um, is there is there as much importance um, for women to understand this as well as men?
1: Yeah, I think there absolutely is. Yeah, I think that's that's fundamental, really. And I, but I think I think Disney is (laughs) Disney's a very extreme example of of how perfect our lives really are, or (laughs) how should they should be. Um, And I think you know you, you you kind of ask most women, you know, what's really important, and it is kind of what it really comes down to is 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 the kind of vulnerability and compassion side of a man right and i'm talking very generally here but i think more and more we're hearing about you know you can be big and tough and you can like look you know you can be six foot with a rippling six pack and all those things Just like ollie I don't just like about. me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i recording this yeah camera here yeah, no no no, no, yeah. no. Get it back. And my short leg syndrome i have <laughs> um but just it out mate come on talk okay, about it I'll, I'll talk to you about my anxieties <laughs> in a minute um there are too many to mention, but there's also <laughs> this thing of like you know society and media. I mean, a, a classic, you know, classic uh, culprits really in this idea of conditioning. And like you know, my my got three daughters, and um, two of them absolutely say to me, like, don't fucking call me princess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I do call them princess, princess. But like <laughs> um but you know, they're not princesses, it's all they want to be. Whereas my littlest one, even though she should have been conditioned to come kind of me completely like, it's like, I'm a princess. And da da da. And it's like it's interesting. It's this thing of, you know, I think girls have this sort of thing drilled into them from from a lot of the sort of TV traditional things. Mm-hmm. And actually that's changing. You can see it in, like, actually using Disney as an example. They're changing their heroines, they're changing their characters to bring in, like, more stronger women who aren't, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Frozen being a good example. You've all seen it, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. My yeah. own yeah. yeah. time. Yeah. But that thing of kind of actually it's not, you know, the illusion that a handsome prince is going to come and sweep you off your feet. You know, the pressure that we all need to be that handsome prince as guys as well is like, you know... Um, and it's it's there's sort of a number of things really which aren't kind of traditionally what we think we need to be mm-hmm. like i think this is thing like we need to be really strong and we need to be uh, you know we can't show any weakness we can't do all these things because you know women women need to do that and we need to be there to support them as they're up. but actually that's that's bullshit and it always has been mm-hmm. it's just this thing that we've been taught that this is how it needs to be and actually i think women generally again sweeping statement but i think would would appreciate the strength of a man who can talk about What's going on in his head, mm. rather than the strength of a man that can pick up a, you know, filing cabinet. Yeah, because we all do that, right? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> what, what does that look like for the future then? If we. You know, this
0: is the beginning of a big movement that I think everyone can see the the benefits from for both sexes, um, or if in between, either mm-hmm. way. What, yeah. what does it mean for the future, um, and what, what can you envisage, or even can, is it going to be in our lifetime? You know, to see this movement? I don't know.
1: I mean, uh, we were talking about this in the drug dealer car earlier, weren't we? When we were going around to <laughs> pearly, drugs. the pearly yeah. way, yeah. And uh, it's it. I think it's it's the idea of <laughs> these things are going to take. Yeah. they're going to take a bit of time as in a lot of time. <laughs> because yeah. if you look at kind of what's happening with you know femininity at the moment and the feminist movement that's taken God knows I mean from let's take from the the, the early 60s mm-hmm. when things started to change for women um, really you know I mean, going back as far as the pancurse yeah. here but like you know we, we're going into this sort of change of Right. Okay. There's there's a louder voice, but there's still not enough being done. Right. That's that's fifty sixty years on. Mm. That's a generation shift. Now the same thing is starting to happen for men. So that in order for us to get to a level of true equality, both men and women need to go through this process mm. because we need to iron out all the issues with men. We need to get to a point where women have got all the issues ironed out because there is such a thing as toxic femininity as well, mm-hmm. you know? um, or to- toxic traits of femininity, and. We need to get to a position where both sexes have kind of worked out what the issues and the inherent issues have been before mm. we can get to a place where we're living in a truly equal society. Yeah. So it's going to take time, but this is the thing. These things are the things which get this ball this ball rolling. You know, there's, there's been silence for too long. There hasn't yes. been any conversation. Uh,
2: I think a lot of it starts in school. Yeah, w- agree. And in the peer pressures of trying to be popular in school, mm. but from a, from a man's point of view, growing up in school, it's like. You want to be the, the sporty kid, the cool kid. You want to uh, be the guy that gets all the girls. You want to do like there's different things that play into that. So mm. I don't see that this ever changing unless you change how social groups react with each other in in yeah. school. In my opinion, yeah, no, you- I, I
1: totally agree with you. I think that there's so much so much being done now, and it, it actually came up last night, which this this thing of you know the idea that what we need to do is get schools engage with the conversation mm. and in five to ten years time the syllabus will have things around how do you spot if a kid you know if a kid is suffering from mental health issues or a boy is suffering from specific male related issues because there is that idea of peer group pressure that can kind of manifest and 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 create these things and i think i think it's two things really it's the idea of the you know what the roles are of of boys and girls right because we still we still kind of have this boys versus girls thing and as I say my my three girls are a mixed school and you know my youngest who also kind of wants to be a princess is also very good at football but she tells me every day Jaden says I can't play football because I'm a girl and it's like well Tell Jaden to fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and also, I have to say, though, Jaden, bless him if he's listening, he did give her a beautiful red rose on Valentine's Day. Oh, brilliant. Bear in mind, he's four years old, right? Oh, right. He's definitely listening. He's he's an authorio, right? (laughs) Anyway, so, (laughs) fair play to him. But anyway, but the the whole thing about football being a classic example, you know, we look at actually, like, you know, the women's England team have done fantastic, right? And actually, you know, people are watching on TV at last, right? Which is a big step a big thing. I'm using football as an example here, but I think it's just the general conversation and the language that we're using in the playground, right? And I'm not saying, you know, changing the dynamics between boys and girls at an early age, but it has to come from this idea that there isn't a, it's not competitive, it's cooperative. And that's one of the things, again, right, this one of the toxic traits is that mm. it's a competitive environment between men versus women, which it, isn't. it needs to be cooperative. Mm. Yeah, And uh, that's what you need to sort of instill earlier on, really.
2: Yeah, I've I, I've noticed that there is a lot of competition between not that, not in this movement, this positive man movement. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. think like a lot of um, things I've noticed. We're working
0: on International of... Women's Day. The first thing a bloke goes, yeah. "Where's the Man's
2: Day?" Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, that's, all that,
0: yeah. All that yeah, Mother's yeah. Day. I mean, obviously Father's Day is there as well. But like, there is more because of the movement, because of the natural instinct within men and women that women have been. Mm. Um, I don't know how you describe this, but like not as well treated as men. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is, of course, there's a sympathy to then make that even out. So therefore, mm-hmm. there's more of an importance on, on Mother's Day or on yeah. International Women's Day than there is on Man's Day or yeah. whatever. What it's it's those people that I think I think that this kind of movement would, it really needs to be explained to you properly mm. because I reckon you're going to get quite a few followers to this being like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but blokes. I told you, get back in the kitchen. I mean, it's like no. Yeah. No. I think it's um. I think it's going to be a confusing sort of journey mm-hmm. on that on that front. Yeah. I, I looked at and actually on your. Um, on the Book of Man mm. site, you guys have the, the the top fifty men, which is a very different yeah. top fifty men yeah, to yeah. GQ magazine, yeah, right? Where you see yeah, like yeah. imagine Donald Trump will one day make a place of that. He's on, uh, he's on, is he on there? I don't know, Probably, probably, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. But you know, you're right. It's David Beckham, it's yeah. rippling six packs, and you have these these amazing values, which I won't make you list because I can imagine. No, it's fine. Them. Do you know them off by
1: heart? No, but I can I can I can, I can kind of reference one, a
0: couple. Well, one of them one of them I saw, which mm. I thought was really interesting, and it's and it's been a theme of our podcast, literally with everyone that we've met, whether it's a famous football player through to, to a lady that's setting up a mental health um, piece of equipment, and that is the vulnerability mm. um, the yeah, trait. And yeah. it, When we speak about leaders and, and CEOs, and we speak about the Brené Brown thing, when we speak about all the different um, avenues of mental health, the one, the one word we keep on coming across is this vulnerability mm, thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that tends to be the first, and you put it there as the first new value yeah, that you guys yeah. have come across. Mm-hmm. Um, what, just uh, you know, asking you, why, why did you pick that one first?
1: Because I think vulnerability is 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 the most open thing, and also the most important thing in terms of as as defi- as it as it is defined, it is it is the the letting down of your guard basically, and mm. showing your true your true self, right, mm. um, or your inner self. And I think we, as I said before, about this idea of us wearing masks, I think we all do it. We have to do it, right. It's kind of this thing, right? You go to a new job, you want to put on this kind of right. This is this is a this is who I need to be yeah. in this job, right? Or I'm going to a you know new boxing class. That's a random one. <laughs> you nutter! And, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to a new boxing class, yeah. right? Not, 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 not the other, not other one. one I used to go to. This, your, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you know, I'm also this, now it, imagining certain certain sort of bravado thing that we kind of all do. We do yeah. that little thing, walk in the door, and it's like, yeah, I'm good boxing now, and I. Right. <laughs> and you just think, ah, shit kicked out of me, and I'm an, I'm an idiot. But anyway, yeah. and I don't know, it's. (laughs) it's this thing vulnerability which is the ability the ability for us to open up what is going on inside and talk about this thing and normalize some of the issues that that men are facing Mm -hmm. and I think if we can talk about these things and normalize them like if I can talk to you about the fact I take you know fifty milligrams of citalopram every day to deal with my anxiety and my own depression, mm. right? Then someone who's sitting at home going, God, I can't even tell my wife that I'm on this stuff, or I can't even mm. tell my my, you know, friend, best friend. It's like this conversation needs to start at home. It needs yeah. to get into that home. We can, we can be open with our partners. We can be open with people that we love because they'll thank you for it because mm-hmm. you're not harbouring all this shit in your head and you're not a grumpy fucker because you're walking around the house going, no one understands me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you yeah, know. Uh, and, and that extends to work. And there's so much being done now. Like we talked about school, but there's so much that needs to be done in work. If we're spending 41% of our time... In work, awake, right? Take sleep out of the mix, but our waking hours we spend at work, really the average person. Like how we're using that time and how are companies using that time to motivate the people that are sitting there, and particularly guys who are just sitting there in silence and not talking about stuff. You need to create environments where they feel comfortable enough to talk about some of the stuff. It's the it's the biggest biggest um cause of stress and pressure, you know, sitting in an office and having to deal with you know the stress of work and mm. manifest into all sorts of things if you leave that that's that's the ticking time bomb that i'm concerned about because mm. there's not enough being done in workplaces to deal with that
2: have you seen any positive movements within the workplace
1: yeah loads actually and actually funny you should say that <laughs> um we're we actually are working on a, a mental health allies scheme with mediacom who uh, one of the um, media agencies they they have an amazing mental health um, awareness program whereby they they brought training into the business. They mm-hmm. use um, mental health word Maggie Rose, who's fantastic. She's a um, uh, kind of a coach, really, of, of how to adapt and change your business to, to to deal with these issues. And she she's actually said to me, you know, twenty years ago, they had I don't, if, I don't want to misquote her on this, but <laughs> pots of money, right? Government were trying to, but but no demand because companies were like, nah, we're fine, we're good, we're, there's no issues here. Mm-hmm. There's no issues here. And um, now, like when there's a massive demand, there are companies literally crying out for this kind of coaching and this kind of way to sort of get you know, more people to sort of how,
0: how are sort. They doing?
1: How are they doing that? Because like, have we spoken about um, having that kind of in-house mm. counsellor or in-house, yeah. I don't know what you call mm. it, coach of some sort? Is that what they're kind of recommending? Well, it's something? kind of that thing, yeah. But the problem at the moment is there's no money. The yeah. government have cut back so much money on any mental health treatment, right, the waiting list at the moment for mental health um, help is ridiculous. Yeah. So if you want to go and actually see someone, you've got to wait. If you miss your appointment, you've got to wait another three months. It's kind of, it's a ridiculous situation. I had to
2: wait seven months. Yeah. Of, every four, every, so every so friend, something. is
0: so frustrating, because even, you know, I've had family members, I've had friends, and I'm like, you should just go go to the doctors. They'll, they'll put mm. you off, you know. Because, I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to... I ended up getting a life coach and, mm. and you know some of my friends have ended up paying for a counsellor which is yeah. expensive right, yeah, it's an expensive over 100 quid yeah. a session yeah. and again that's part of your, your anxiety and your financial stresses as well it can be for some people so to, some people are literally paralysed to do anything they can't yeah. They can't go to the NHS because there's not enough yeah. funding or people there and they can't pay for it themselves yeah. and, the, and even workplaces now which again should be taking huge accountability mm. for it it's, mm. but it's, it's good to know that companies like Mediacom yeah. are doing that yeah. there's a fear I have I guess, in the startup, because, you know, as we're seeing, there are millions of startups happening now. Unless there's something governmental that's that's done about it, then they can't. the last thing a startup's going to pay for is, you know, mental health. Yeah.
2: I still have fears, like, a company... I mean, it's, it's strange, it's quite full circle. I'm actually meeting with someone who I noticed, the next week I meet with them, and it said in their signature, they're at a media company, it said... Um, mental health ally mm. so I was going to talk to him about that oh, but that yeah. was just a random that I noticed yeah. that but so
1: that's yeah we're, we're, we've we been sort of supporting them from a consumer point of view really trying to push it out as a as something for other businesses to take note of they're not they're not ring fencing it as a media common thing mm. right so mental health first aid is, is a sort of a quite a common term that's being used in businesses but there's not really a what's the word Uh a, you know, a manifesto of what that means. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? They're not very visible. They're kind of like you know, makes it kind of still a bit stigmatised. Whereas mm. these guys are very visible. They wear green lanyards, you know, like you would a fire warden. There's they've now they now have a policy of having more mental health allies than they do fire wardens because you're more likely to go and yeah. you mm. know, be called called it uh, called signed off sick or, or go mm. to other lengths than there there be a fire in the building. The, the, it's like the proportion of support is you know
2: the part of it I'm really interested in still is there still must be a lot of fear of the job opportunities that you think you might be missing out if you were to open up to this mental health ally. Are you thinking, oh, he's, I might not get a promotion because he might think that I'm
1: mentally weak. Incapable. Incapable. Mm. I think that that's a big yeah. stigma that must. Yeah, and I think that you think you're right actually, and I think that is the thing. That's that's why it has to come from the top of the company, and this is why you know if you try and drive something like this in from the bottom mm. as something that you need to try and do without support above, then you're going to end up with that gap in the top, which is this isn't going to happen, and, and there's going to be a fear of actually going up to, to talk about these things. Whereas, if as at MediaCom it is, you know, CEO uh, Joss he's is very much at the top. Of that um, of that of that scheme, so mm. he is the figurehead of that scheme. He pushes it publicly. He talks about the culture. Medicom really cool. they've done a lot to change the internal culture, mm. and with a specific focus really on getting more men to kind of come and seek help. Mm. Right, and that's the thing. Like there isn't a you know, it's the same on both sides. Just getting anyone to see help is is good, but there is a big issue with with guys, and, and it comes down to what we talked about earlier about the lack of, uh, I suppose. Will to kind of want to talk about mm. these things and to distract themselves from it. Mm. But if you kind of create a space where they can come to and a space that feels comfortable for them to come to and someone that they feel comfortable talking to, that's when you create change. And you, and you do that by making sure that the people at the top are fully invested in that. And how do you because that's that's
0: the hard part, right? Because if you've not had a suicide in your business or something to that mm. length, which is you know. Sad, has commercially thrown you into place where so you've got to be seen to do something about it, which I think yeah. a lot of companies end up having to do, or emotionally have to make that decision. Yeah. Unless that's happened, or unless the CEO themselves have had, you know, some sort of mental health problem, yeah. or, you know, resonate with what you're talking about, it's really highly yeah. unlikely, yeah. or it's going to be a very big challenge to do that. Yeah. How... Do you then rely on stats or how do you then convince, you know, a company that this yeah. is something they need they need to be doing?
1: Yeah. I think I think there needs to be a real wake up call to a lot of business heads that their staff are not alright, right? If you look at the statistics of how many people suffer from a mental health illness, a mental illness, um, you know the stats just don't figure out that our company is hundred percent not affected by mental yeah. health right even if you're a small a small business right you, you're going to have someone within that business who's going through something and you, you can't see it mm. and there needs to be that training this you need to be able to understand it because it's, it costs that company you know some like equivalent of thirty five billion a year in terms of like lost revenue in terms of people being called uh, being signed off sick with mm. mental health issues so it's in the interest of business from a very self centered financial point of view to deal with this issue because it's creating more issues. For their business, yes. you know, as well as the well-being of their teams and their staff and all the other things which are important, it's also going to cost them, <laughs> cost them money. It's really so, interesting. That- sadly, that's the strings you need to pull out with these fuckers. <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's interesting. Okay, just like going way deeper than we need to. There's, there's this thing, you know, because in the in the short term, they're thinking, hold on. I've got to sign somebody off for two weeks. If they if they get diagnosed with some sort of mental health illness, and, they, and then you know this this investment that I've made then means that I've got to sign off somebody in my exec team for two weeks to get better. I can't have them out of the office for that long. No, I'm not doing it. Is there's a human thing, right? We're we're built. I think from you know I, I won't even try and re- just uh, reference a dates, but from a long time ago, we we were. Um, much more based around immediate pleasure Mm. and immediate um, reward after doing something right. And it feels like the people that have done better now in today's society it's much more about going through the immediate sort of pain to then get the longer term reward Mm. it feels like a good ceo should know that that short-term pain or the you know the loss of a staff member Mm. for the first fortnight or whatever means much longer term not only for them to be at your business but also for them to to speak about your business and to feel about your company Mm. and connect to you as a leader it's i just think it's important to recognize that i think people are scared of the short-term pain Yeah. yeah yeah i agree fine thank you you. absolutely (laughs) agree it's good to know okay so I want to get onto ads because Mm. there's been one right there's been a a, a funny um, or at least a widely speculated ad that's come out recently Um, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't speak about it and that is the recent Gillette Mm. uh, toxic masculinity ad it's American uh, which makes people already think what's going on in this weird ad Mm. but it's it's had a weird reaction right I mean I I'll be really honest I got sent it because I've been writing a little bit about toxic masculinity on my LinkedIn and somebody sent it to me and said have you seen this and I I was going going to a meeting and I really quickly watched it and I've just gone oh Gillette doing something about toxic that makes so much fun he said brilliant didn't watch it put it down posted it on my LinkedIn being like this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) idiot I'm such an idiot so I did that and that was my reaction but then I it caused this, you know, mayhem of being like, "What do you mean?" Yes, is... yes, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it. So I had, to, I had to honestly go back onto it and be yeah. like, "I've watched it again. Yeah. I'm really sorry to go back on myself, but this is this isn't good." It's mm. yeah, without me going on about it, I'd love to hear what your thoughts mm. are on that particular ad because yeah. it's interesting.
1: Well, I think uh, I think as you said, it's it, it it's a very bold move for a brand like Gillette that has a very established. uh Consumer base to suddenly almost alienate probably fifty percent of that (laughs) that consumer base, right? And and I think I kind of I'm 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 I'm, you know it does divide opinion for a good reason because the sentiment and the intent is there to highlight that you know men have traits that aren't great, you know, and they're not great, and it's kind of that thing of like highlighting these things. Look, we know that men do these things and we need to change that. Mm. But there's no positivity in that. There's no positivity spin of actually not all men possess these traits. Not all men want to carry on possessing these traits. What's the solution, right? At the end of the day, you're selling razors and you're using this as a way to kind of, um, I suppose, put your moral... Flag in the sand, really about what you believe in and what you stand for. Having having been really kind of about the idea that men are be you know are strong and you know chiselled and yeah. handsome and tanned and glistening <laughs> and all those things. Um, now it's about kind of you know actually men are toxic rather than yeah. kind of going down, which I think is the right way. If you look at a brand like um, Harry's, for instance, who have positioned it much more in the idea of let's talk positively about men, let's Mm. look at vulnerability, let's look at the positive traits that exist in men. Mm. And yes, they're just selling raises as well, but they are starting from a position which means that actually I want to be associated to those brand values. And Mm. they've done a lot in the background by working with Calm, for instance, of raising awareness of Project 84, which mm-hmm. is to raise awareness of male suicide. And they've allowed that, that conversation to, to flourish as a result of their support and investment in that. So there's a credible association with that. Yeah. Whereas for Gillette, it's just quite jarring to come in and suddenly go actually, yeah you know, you're all you know all men are actually a bit shit, yeah, and um this is what we think, and let's show it and you know it's it's a it's a decent ad if you're looking at ads as it is, but I just mm. don't think it hit the mark um percy for me, but I'm just one of many different opinions on I, it I so. think but both... you're somebody that knows this subject really
0: well, and I think as um your opinion is a little bit more valued than perhaps of the Joe blogs on the street, but the the argument against it is it's great they're speaking about something mm. that's nice for their brand which I think is really true. Mm. I, it brings you on to like just this in general with ads and these big companies. I'd, I'd like to know where the conversation starts because mm. there's such a blur between this. You know, Lloyd's doing the mental health yeah, thing, yeah. and you know, there's so many examples of bad ones, Pepsi, and mm. fuck knows what that was <laughs> the war and everything, <laughs> right? But what what is the litmus test to green light go ahead and do that mm. Gillette mm. or um, or don't do that because it, it, it seems completely yeah. inauthentic. Because I think brands are really struggling to understand yeah. when they back something and when they don't.
1: What do you What do you think? I think it's, it's easier for new brands coming into market right. to have a have a new story and a fresh story that resonates with a new age. Right, like the new age fans, which dramatic, but but that's why and I'm, I'm not going to keep name checking Harry's. But I think they've come from a place that is they've kind of position themselves in this that space since they launched whereas if you're a traditional male very masculine kind of brand like a Gillette <clears> who've always been the you know, best the man can get to kind of then go on and backtrack on that you know you have to be so cautious and, and you know maybe it hasn't affected sales at all maybe people just don't give a shit you know like whatever um, but if that affects your existing consumer base, you know, you've got a problem there. Because ultimately you're trying to say, well, they're already having a tough time because mm. there's more competition than there ever was. And, you know, there's loads of beards. Mm. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, very true, it reminds him in regression at the moment. Um, so I think, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think on your point, I think in order to, for brands to kind of get to a good place, they need to have an authentic story that actually is relevant to their business and right. that they believe in from from the ground up right not just the brand the outfacing brand mm. but within the company you need to have a culture which is positively talking about things and instilling the virtues of that brand so um you know if it's if it's if it's kind of aligning to mental health charities, making sure that your male staff are getting support when they need it yes. internally, and and having those things which aren't just ticking boxes. And I mm-hmm. said I, I won't mention the brand, but we're in a talk the other day, and the uh, the, the head uh, of that of that that brand said, we have a mental health um, uh, program in place, but for me and for us in in the business, it just feels like box ticking. It feels like we're just trying to tick boxes to position ourselves in a good way and I think that's a lot of things you know a lot of having brands mm-hmm. at the moment it's like alright I'm going to be aligned to you know, ocean plastic or I'm yes. be lying to this. And It's like, well, why you're not you're not in that world. No, you know? why are you doing that? If you're bottled water, maybe that would be relevant. Yeah. But you're not. You're something else. And so, what do you do if you're what do you do if
0: you're Coke? Like, what yeah. if you're just making the world worse? Right? If you're yeah. a McDonald's. There's yeah. no purpose apart from maybe tasting yeah. quite nice. There's no there's no good purpose for these bad brands for mm. the world. I might be quite broad in saying that, but I can't. I mean, being on that marketing team today must yeah. be really hard. You've got veganism approaching with yeah. a might force. You've got, you know, anti-red meat. You know, yeah. that's huge, right? Because how do you advertise that now. There's so much mm-hmm. evidential proof. I've got Netflix yeah. that are banging out entertainment series, yeah. being like your brand shit. Yes. You've got yeah. so many people attacking
2: your thing, and you're going, "We're
0: about dare." Oh, dare! We don't fucking do that anymore, right? And you you're also got from the yeah. <laughs> but
2: You also got to bear in mind that these people are just like you, like me. I came out yeah. of university, I studied marketing of course it would be cool to work at McDonald's because they're a powerful brand there's not bad people that are necessarily in these marketing Mm. they could be suffering from mental health so that's what I I think we also need to consider at Gillette Maybe the insight came from somebody that was mm. suffering, and something you just wouldn't know. You yeah. don't know. No,
0: no it is yeah. true. Yeah. But there, yeah, so, yeah, so it, it's a hard test to be like, are they being authentic? Who are they? Is it is it their one marketing yeah. person that suffered from this one yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. or is it that brand? So I think people are quite dubious, quite rightfully, because advertising mm. has lied to us for the last twenty years yeah. in some senses. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's that kind of, and there's you know there's a, another argument as well where people are using sometimes these things as a vehicle for their own for their own fame or whatever mm. else, which is mm. another question, and that's. Again, it's really hard to to understand the balance between do they genuinely want to do better in the world? Yeah. Is anything altruistic? Do you, but do you
2: think that that's that's important? Like, I think to your point of the Book of Man is, yeah. is we want to get men talking great. If so, for example, Tyson Fury, this is a big example, a lot of people and I got a bit annoyed about it, were doubting his validity and what he was saying mm. and if he was credible mm. to deliver that message. For me, it didn't bother me because I just see it as like, he's not Floyd Mayweather talking about, because I would say toxic masculinity, Floyd Mayweather mm, goes mm, hand in hand. Yeah. Mm. Do you prefer a champion like that or do you prefer about somebody that's using mental health mm. and talking about it? And why do people still have to question his authenticity yeah, with that? Yeah. It's that and It's, it's a pretty really good point, absolutely. I agree. I mean, yeah.
1: the, the Tyson Fury thing, I, I've I've had many conversations with Martin about this because, you know, he is... He's one of these guys, who's did, and this is what we need to be talking about, is right. the idea that we all fuck up, we all make mistakes, we all say things, we're all human beings, and we might say things that are taken in of context or might even be damn right offensive, right? Mm. But the fact is we also have to have some context of what's going into, in people's heads, right? Mm. And so when he, he kind of came out with lots of stuff around, you know, what was deemed homophobic and everything else... Um, that affected him actually I think like yeah. in terms of that, what, what he'd actually said and the people around him were actually quite toxic in terms of that environment that he was in mm. he went away and he came back and he, you know, acknowledged the fact that he had he was going through depression and all these issues and everything else and actually talking about it really authentically actually mm-hmm. and I think people are very quick to then jump to some mistake that people have made in the past you know, we're very good at that as a society to suddenly dig up some of the shit that, that maybe was not a great Thing. Yeah. Mm. So the idea of redemption is is a, is another thing which is really important. Which is we all have the ability to redeem ourselves if we've done something shit. That's yeah. just one of the virtues of, of life. Yeah.
2: I believe that um, would tie us to the Fury. So I break, I'll yeah. be honest that I used to despise the yeah. man. Yeah. I really after those comments they made with the homophobic and everything I thought it was. But then you having. Him come out and talked about what he did talk about obviously gains a lot of respect, and then you can kind of start thinking, Well, the environment he's grown up in Mm. is a lot different to the environment that I've grown up in. So, the views in who knows the views that exist, like being a gypsy, I wouldn't have any.
0: Well, that's that's what you were saying, you know, again, in your um, the the list of positive traits for for masculinity today. One of them was responsibility, which is aligned to Mm. accountability, Mm -hmm. and at that point, is It's horrible. And again, we're speaking about the the, the immediate pain and then the future uh, reward that comes from that. But owning your problem and owning it and saying, I really fucked up is, I think, a really strong thing to do. Mm. And I think that's rewarded. That's much more of a description of the man today than Floyd Mayweather is. And relating back to your point, Ian, about brands. I think that is that's maybe the answer when people are saying, Why the fuck do Lloyds care about my mental health? Yeah. Well, at least they do. You know, yeah. he's trying to say they yeah. do yeah. because yeah. HSBC are telling you about how much money they're ripping you off with. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually, yeah. i much, you know, they're globally yeah. around the world yeah. nicking your money. Yeah. At least they, at least at the moment, by comparison, they are standing up and saying something. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that someone else is going to come out and, and they could do it better than them there could be a new you know one yeah. of these uh, new banks like Monzo or whatever could come out and again you're saying it's a lot easier for these new brands to come out with a purpose yeah. definitely could override that yeah. and be like thanks Lloyds we actually mean it here's proof And blah, blah, blah. but again it's it's support yeah of the fact that is, the conversation is starting now
1: yeah. I think the thing is the, the key thing is to try and avoid you know mental health as a subject matter becoming the emperor's new clothes and, and brands yes. jumping on, on this on this bandwagon if you like and I think you're right I think mm-hmm. for, I think for brands to
0: um so I touch your chair in, is it? You're you're coming. Uh, sometimes Mark comes away from the mic and he's, he's now coming he's back, back in. in. Yeah, he's back into the gas. Yeah, gas right. uh-huh. I, really,
1: <laughs> um, I think the idea that there, there are there are brands that are actually trying to do something is a positive thing, right? It's it shouldn't be kind of like hit with a stick every time these brands do it. But I do think there is that thing of let's not just use it as a as an excuse to suddenly look great. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that this is the problem. We we align ourselves to these these causes which are vanity projects rather than actual you know change makers. And mm. I think like if, if Lloyd's TSB, for instance, are doing stuff, which I believe they are, to actively kind of help raise the discussion, then that's a good thing. You I know? like what you've been saying in the sense that, okay, cool,
2: you can talk about it externally, but then it's f- it's essential for them to internally put in some sort of a programme. Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. think I think any brand has the right to talk about something externally if their employees feel and believe in what the brand is yeah. saying certainly. because I couldn't could you imagine being in Lloyds TSB and feeling like you had no one to mm. talk to about your own like yeah. depression and, and then you see your brand has just put out that
1: message yeah, it exactly. that would just be awful exactly and that that breeds you know losing the term toxic a toxic culture if you're mm. if your company talking about this and that you know imagine you were a um a women's magazine talking about you know Feminism and you've treated all your female workers like shit, you know yeah. it would be kind of very hypocritical ironic. And, and ironic yeah. and so you sort of need to um yeah I mean it's I guess this
0: reevaluation movement. of your values before you pump out a big movement and a biggest association to a specific movement, all right guys, let's just double check this Pepsi, but before we go out and say we care about. I think it was war. I think it was that. Was that yeah. it? I can't remember what the ad was about. But like, well, Was this the
2: Kylie Jenner? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was hailed just, as the worst ad. Still, it's like they're it was, in war and she's like, "Yeah, don't, don't have a war. She, have she a can't enough. have a war. Yeah, yeah, don't have a war. Have a
0: Coke or a Pepsi. A <laughs> like, Pepsi shit as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> I can't
2: believe I'm a soft drink battle here. Yeah, I'm really, I'm I, exactly mean, I actually I only mean. drink water to be fair. Really? Wow. And booze. Are you
0: giving up? And booze, do you say?
2: I just never really drink. When do you
0: drink fizzy drinks? If I'm really hungover and I'm like, I need some sort of sugary, yeah. yeah. What do you have? Uh, whatever, whatever the Lebanese or whatever. Perdies, wow, I, like I do a Purdy's. have a Perdies. Like really? Really? That thing, yeah, that's of that like mid two thousands era Sponsored of like. Sponsored by Perdies. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Croydon drink. No, no. but it's, that's it's, that era of like it's fake, good for you sort of yeah. it, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it has got rejuvenation it's, it's stuff. Like, it's a silver it?
1: bottle as well. It's got that sort premium, of, like, premium prestige into yeah. it.
0: And it's the same. It's that era of like j smoothies and Innocence, All these yeah. things that are like flooding your body with loads yeah. of sugar. Yeah, they, you you pretend yourself. You know, I'm it's getting just, better here. It's fizzy squash. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it's just fine.
0: Exactly. We deviate away from that. Yeah. But no. So that that I guess I wanted to cover the brand things. It was important. Um, mm.
2: The next thing I guess is where you where you explain how it all starts. Right. So well, just on the brand. So how yeah. how do how what's your advice then to a brand manager at a, a big big brand that wants to make an authentic movement what was what's the advice of
1: brand manager actually to do an ad around this topic i think you know it's not my it's not necessarily my but i'm certainly not a marketeer i am more of a an observer from the point of view of knowing my audience and understanding what i think the audience want and i think that's kind of the key thing is that this this year this 2019 it seems to be much more about the idea of the individual and marketing to the masses is a very difficult thing to do because we're we're starting to acknowledge people's individual successes and also individual issues that they have as well. Everyone's problems are different. You know, we talk about mental health. There are many, many different types of mental illness that are, are very different from each other. There are very different types of men who have very different kind of passions and likes. But that's just life, and marketers have had to deal with that for a long time. But there is more demand on personalization and, and, and more of understanding of what that consumer wants. So I think it's down to, it's down to knowing what you stand for as a brand, right, yeah. and making sure that you're not going to piss people off by suddenly shifting too, too quickly into something that you're not fully... Hold on, uh, in, in, in grasp of, right? Mm-hmm. In grasp of, you yeah, know what I like mean? That, in grasp of. In grasp of. <laughs> yeah. um, so, or have a grasp of, that's better. Okay. That's better, that's better. Okay. Um, Quite grasped. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you're selling, um, I'm trying to think of an example, if you're selling, you know, ethical, ethical fashion, for instance, make sure that that is a, you know, you are 100% clear that your marketing plan is in line with the values of that business and you are using ethical means to to create that rather than talking about those things and trying to present this illusion that you are Mm. i mean that's obvious right for Mm. any marketer but i think i think you just need to know the audience that you're promoting or or positioning yourself to um and and try and solve a problem i think yeah solve a problem that people have and and i know that's that is sort of grade level one of marketing right but it's it's go back to what you were taught. (laughs) Yeah. Which is
0: solving a problem, you know. I like that. I'm going to go off brands in case people um, are falling asleep that aren't into advertising or branding. Um, Sorry if you have done. Wake up! (laughs) Um, one, One thing you mentioned, you have daughters. Yeah. Or three daughters. Three. Yeah. It's interesting because it'd be helpful if you had a kid, a, a, boy, a boy. If you
1: If you were one of those,
2: yeah, that Do would you help to go you. and have one. Is that all right? Can we come it? back in like eight months? Yes, perfect. Say eight.
1: So yeah. you got know, three daughters. Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was. I gonna, can pretend I've got a son if it helps. Yeah. let okay. Let's, yeah. let's, let's pretend, let's pretend call I have Max. a son called Max. Yeah. Little Max who.
0: Little Mad Max who wants to be a princess or whatever. But what what would you say even just for parents or not even parents people dealing with children which is where the problem I guess. It's not. A, I guess that this starts right. This this toxic masculinity. How do you advise people speaking to, to children now mm. um, when they, you know, are are faced with all these things? Whether it's you know from other kids that they're coming across. Because let's be honest, school is a fucking hard place mm-hmm. to be, and it's yep. a popularity contest, yep. and that's how we built a society. Um, a lot of the kids aren't going to have parents that really believe in this movement, yeah. and it's going to be quite unfashionable if a kid turns around and mm-hmm. goes. I care about my feelings and that makes me a strong person. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to go, you're a bellend. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you stop that and, and how do you speak mm-hmm. to a child that's going through that kind of thing and, yeah. and make their their experience of, of, of being a man today stronger? Mm-hmm. Is that a hard question?
1: No, it's, 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 it's a good question. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer because I think it's such a, you know, if, if I had the answer, it'd, you know, yeah. it's practice because I think, again, it comes down to we need to sort out what's going on at top but I think we need to start talking about what we're doing with the kids now. And with schools, you know, particularly having kids at school, I think there is a challenge to... Focus on culture a, little, a lot of schools, and I think, like particularly, I'm getting a bit older now, but particularly in secondary schools, there is such an onus now on results. We are becoming a results-driven society. You know, it's all about what's your offsted. You know, how many A's you're getting. We can tend we tend to forget about culture, and there's lots of schools in my in Hackney where I live that are very much focused on the academic and not so much on the individual and the mm. and the idea of actually like how can we make this individual understand the world better which you know for me is a a priority at school Mm like being able to understand and appreciate other people and have empathy and have compassion for people should be part of the syllabus however you fit that in you know it's not necessarily a course in compassion but you need to instill those virtues in people i think from from that school from that school time because if you don't you know what you're going to end up with you know you kind of end up with uh, you know, there's a certain amount of, of competition within school in terms of, you know, sport, in terms of academic performance, all those things that are kind of in, ingrained in us. But also the idea of helping other people, I think, you know, that, that's something that could be could be made more prominent, I think, in, mm. in schools is the idea of, you know, helping people and understanding that other people are different to how you are. Um, I don't know if it's a... It's, it's a tricky one. You know, it's, it's, it's hard, we, hard we
0: speak quite a lot, I just it feels like there's such a big demand from different people that have their thing. You know, your your thing is this thing about masculinity and what it leads on to. Right? Yeah. People are demanding so many things from schools. You know, There's this whole demand about creativity and being mm-hmm. like, why are we still forcing kids to do algebra and they could be free and learn yeah, yeah, dance? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. why is dance so low down on the thing and yeah. art and all this kind of stuff? And then, so that's the creative world, is going, let them be more creative because yeah. that will help their mental health in mm-hmm. some sort of way. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got people saying, you know, the importance of feminism, and then it moves on to, you know, all, all of the, the things and the problems of today that we're demanding that are now on the school syllabus, mm. I imagine whoever it is that makes the school syllabus is going, what is the most important yeah. thing to focus on? Yeah. Because I can't just knock off maths and bring in this. Well,
2: let's not forget they've got absolutely no money as well. Yeah. 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 and everyone's telling, I'm saying everyone criticises the education system, mm. but these teachers aren't therapists, they're no. not paid to be therapists, not, no, 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 and... No. They're very underpaid for what you know. Your mum's a teacher, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the schools are underpaid, so it's like, how do you fit something like this in the syllabus? Because <sighs> mm-hmm. it's a results driven business for Ofsted, because they get more money, I guess, for yeah. more funding. So they need to focus on of course, getting the A's, so they, it's like a full circle. This is yeah. the problem about being an economic society. I mean, we are... Mm. fucking. We can go
1: really deep yeah. now, but we are... We can talk about capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But This is the
2: result, at the end of the day, of
0: capitalism. Yeah. And mm. capitalism is good in some senses and really fucking bad in others. Yeah. But yeah. because the way we're designed, which is to keep a lot of the money up the top yeah. and not filter it back in, it's making it extremely hard to, I guess, yeah, to put these things... In. And yeah. and uh, this is probably why business is a really good route to get this kind of stuff going, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. you go to a big CEO who's got tons of money, he might have a connection on the golf course with another mm-hmm. person that could be friends with the chancellor of whatever the education system he's part of. So I think it is, I think business has to be almost the first route for this then mm-hmm. to make a really clear yeah, movement, yeah, which yeah. again comes down to brand.
2: When I was at Unilever, I went on this. Every year, Dove do this. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but you go into like a school. Schools to speak with young girls about social, the impact of social media, and like showing you show them like a Dove video of how this model has been photoshopped and all this kind of stuff, yeah. and you give it like a workshop. It just feels like yeah, Ollie's right. It's like these brands have the money; they want to do something. Then it's like, well, the schools don't have the funding, so you sh- there should be more things that actually happen in terms of workshops. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that was a great activation that they still do it. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think there's anything for men that I've that I've heard of for going to young boys. Mm. That could be quite cool if brands then sponsored going into mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. Could there be a
1: movement like
0: that? Am I getting? think so. Coming?
1: No, no, no. I mean, no. That's. I mean, it's very. It's kind of a slight, a slight sort of amalgamation of things. But we're we're doing we're doing a lot more events with kind of older men. But we've seen. Through the discussions that we've been having, is that a lot of people are coming and talking about their young sons and like you know certainly teenage boys and mm. what's happening at the moment with that sort of that generational situation at the moment. You know the idea of what prospects you've got in the future and all these things, and actually that's the kind of age group I think we need to be getting into to yeah. start talking about these things because um, we've talked about. Uh, workshops and, and also like doing more for younger younger men as well on mm-hmm. this platform because that's where, where you can actually influence a change I think early on.
0: Yeah
1: we're seeing um, it in music as well you know there's big movements in
0: that from uh, I mean you've got Jordan Stevens on you know from Rizzle mm. Kicks as one of your ambassadors yeah. I think that's brilliant I mean he, he's not doing much of the music stuff anymore is he but he's. Well, Mine's name. Uh, yeah, okay fine <laughs> we'll put on like that professor, I know. Okay Professor Green <laughs> yeah. for example you said he's yeah. got a studio you know he's one yeah. of your uh, other ambassadors this is I think a really important um, part of what you're doing yeah. and, and such a Great way to get that message out there because um, for some reason I've got. Is it the cure that do boys don't cry? Yeah, is yeah. that a song? Yeah, was that is.
1: ironically, mate? What was the that? <laughs> so I was listening to it the other day actually, and right. I was trying to work out whether I could use it as an intro to a presentation I was going to do in a sort of David Brent esque.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> the tape player coming
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> <I>, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I went against that one. Um, but, but, but it's good. It's, I mean, because yeah. it's almost even if it wasn't
1: meant to be ironic, that song. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's. Imagine if that sort it's of. Thing, I think comes it's out. supposed to be quite ironic, yeah. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah, that was in the eighties or nineties. It, right? It's all about sadness, and you know, and then it's like, but boys don't cry, but it so says in, but I'm not allowed to cry, am I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the biggest goth in town, so he probably cried quite a lot, quite a lot, <laughs> and I did. Yeah.
0: Anybody that's born past the age of ninety-five, that's an emo now. Yeah. <laughs> but, all, but all in part, you know, again, important parts of movements around you know these things, and I think it's, it's brilliant that you've got the likes of Professor Green speak, speaking about this stuff because it yeah. kind of. I'm just trying to imagine the... You could probably tell me, who's a British, like, toxic bloke where it's like, God, if we can get this person just yeah. turning around and being like, oh, I'll be honest, I do cry when I go home and I punch yeah. cats. It makes
1: me well, I think, I think, you know, I think Piers Morgan... <laughs> yeah? ...could be a good one. I mean, yeah. it depends. He's a bit of an obvious target, really, right? I think he's kind of... Uh, a twat, right? And <laughs> that's probably unfair. I shouldn't say that because I don't know him personally. And he will, he'll probably just listen to this podcast and then and attack me. I mean, if like, he's listening to this podcast, I know it's a better than I thought. I feel like with
2: Piers Morgan, like, if you're one on one, you're probably like, oh, he's a sound bloke. I just think yeah. he has that. He yeah. plays well, this that. I a mean, pantomime villain. I think isn't you're probably
1: it? right. I think you're probably right, which is why I say, you know, he's, he's probably a bit of an easy target with it. But um, I think if we can probably pinpoint. I mean, it depends. What do you think about shit. the culture in football? So. Football's an interesting one, actually. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I put my hands up, I'm not a, I'm a, one of those armchair kind of, let's just pretend to follow football kind of people. Mm-hmm. And I actually do like, the World Cup but I'm, I'm not very good at supporting wow, my teams we've got a lot in common Mark Yeah, <laughs> I sort of pretend to support Chelsea and Crystal Palace you don't pretend, pretend to support nah, I does.
0: pretend to support well it was really <laughs> funny no. right so imagine <laughs> what,
1: Ian got me in despair
0: I went and oh. watch the game with him but I used to support Arsenal no, apparently those guys are royals <laughs> yeah. I went to go and watch this game with him at the pub yeah, and I've gone I, I, I remember out. chatting to this bloke being yeah. like I was looking at the game and he was like yeah it's alright mate he's quite dismissive he's, he's yeah. a toxic masculine guy he's watching the game and he's like can you fuck off I've got a pint of pork scratchings yeah. and ale in my hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I had a pint of pork scratchings that's how we chose to eat them that <laughs> day <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's that much Very of a bloke dish yeah yeah I don't use my fucking hands anymore I'm just straight mouth to glass <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anyway he's not the sort of bloke that you want to explain your football or lack of yeah, football knowledge right. so I, I walked over to him and I was like what do you think of the game? And he was like, Yeah, no, it's going all right. Kane's doing okay. I was like, I know who that is, he's a striker, right, with a haircut. Um, and then I sort of thought, okay, the conversation's gone quite dry. So I went, you know, I used to be an Arsenal fan, <laughs> Ooh, right? Thinking he's gonna go, Well, wow, thanks for coming onto our side. And yeah. he just looked at me, took a sip of his poor scratching cup, <laughs> and he sort of just goes, oh, Fuck off, mate. And that was my that was my dealing of being a pub fan and watching a film yeah. game. So, I've never done it again. So back
2: to yeah. so like you, we were yeah. trying to find like a standard British toxic mass, mass. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that? there's a lot within football?
1: Uh, I think there probably is, but I think, again, look, we're talking always, it's about about who you have around you a lot of the time, and I think these these guys, it's changing, right? The conversation seems to be changing in sport a lot, and I think, if anything, the, the English team that we put out at the World Cup last year, Football facts, nice, nice. I mean, I didn't know any of them before they went out there, but I was like, by the end of them, I was like, yeah, Henderson, yeah, Cahill, yeah, (laughs) Cahill, my mates, yeah, Um, Lingard. I go can, go still, I can still name the '91 uh, FA Cup final uh, Palace squad if you want me to. At the end wow, of us, I, that's all I can, I can do. '99 uh, Arsenal with Lundberg and all those guys. But yeah. let's let's move. I'm on. changing <laughs> the subject now. Yeah. Um, so I think like what they show, you know, there was we did a lot of content on the site about it because it was a it was a brand new new look team of of you know camaraderie and not these individual egos that were going off and kind of you know they'd be all right on the pitch but then fuck off and not talk to anyone in the dressing room. Yeah. You know, there's a Came out that there were really divisive fragments within the old England teams, and actually, this is a sort of a you know, hopefully, a new dawn for English football, and hopefully, Mm -hmm. setting the bar for other footballers within the Premier League and you know, however it works. And um, I think there probably is, you know, there's going to be personalities that you know, I mean, you always hear in the news about footballers who are accused of rape and Mm -hmm. using their power and their position to kind of get what they want, Um, whether that's Unique to football, it's just in the they're in the public eye and we hear about it more. Mm. I don't know the answer to that, but I think you know it's a it's a it's an environment where we could probably be doing more to instill better cultures. You know, more positivity around locker room chats, all that mm. sort of thing. Um, it's a place where where men congregate, right? It's an opportunity to sort of some of the work that the you know likes of karma doing. You know, football stadiums are a perfect place to go and you know find out if. If people are feeling all right, you know, yeah, yeah. people are impassioned on those pitches. Probably the only time in the week yeah. where they really shout and scream and get excited, and then they go back to their sort of mundane, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. And it's probably a good opportunity for people to open up and talk. You know, that's a really good point. So, I'm worried about timing now. So let's.
0: Um, we're going to move to our more with some of our post questions. Actually, Junior sent us some as well, which I'll get up. But uh, before before I get those ones up, because um, I think he's got a bit of a steer towards social media and that kind of stuff. Um, One of our stock questions is around, I guess, young men. And actually, well, we said young men and women, but I think for you in this particular instance, um, a lean towards men is fine. But it was the question around having a megaphone, a room full of 21-year-old men. And we can do it one separately for women if you want as well, because I think we're speaking about the importance (laughs) of both, aren't we? Um, Have you thought about...
1: What you'd say if you were given a megaphone? Well, I've, got, in that room. I've got a bit of a, a smart-ass answer, but oh. I, think it's the right, I think it's the right answer. And I wouldn't okay. say I wouldn't actually say anything. I would I would let whoever felt the most vulnerable in that room have the opportunity to talk on that megaphone, because I think wow, you know, if you if you talk at people who want to kind of talk about stuff. They're not necessarily going to open up, right? Whereas if you just let them talk, don't interrupt, just let them get everything off their chest. They're much more likely to fill you in with what's going on. So that's my answer. Wow, I reckon
0: that probably is the best answer we've had so far. I because we okay, no offense. We've had eat veg, we've had to have more sex. I think at one point. I think that is such a brilliant way of saying don't be afraid to speak about your feelings. Mm. Um, In fact, show the world how vulnerable you're allowed to you know you allow yourself to be.
1: And, and sometimes it. just sharp and listen. You know what I mean? I think yeah. there is a thing of we are so concerned with talking all the time and we have to be heard. Mm. If you just listen to what's going on around you, listening is a is a skill that is, I don't think, taught enough. I don't think enough people think it's okay just to be quiet and listen mm. to people. You know, I've sat in boardrooms and all sorts of stuff where everyone thinks that to have the loudest voice in that room is the most important thing to do and it's not. It's like listen to the person over there who's actually saying something that's really valid mm. but you're so concerned with what you're going to say next that you're not listening to that person you just want to be the person to try and trump that person by what you say and I think that happens a lot. So let yeah. move on to some of Junior's questions mm. uh, otherwise he'll have a go ask because
0: he wasn't here. Um, one of them is calling out trolls on Twitter. I mean there's a bit of a theme here when we, when we speak to a lot of people with, with Pooch. Um, he asks a lot. I think because of his civil career he had you know 100,000 mm. followers or whatever and a lot yeah. of people yeah. probably trolled him quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean I'd troll him now but that's probably not yeah. why. <laughs> um, but he says, you say this on the Book of Man I guess he wants to come from a sporting background and um, and uh, are, you know, basically, on, they're always told, apparently, or trained not to even try and read the toxic comments that athletes get during games. Mm. Is it best to ignore comments on social media or is it best to entertain them and be like, come in with the moral hand and be like, hey, mm. that's not nice, that you. you're making me feel
1: bad. Yeah, do you know what? It's, a, it's, again, a really good question and a really interesting one and, and probably one that I'm not really, you know... Have the authority to answer, but I will answer it anyway. On behalf of, I mean, against On behalf, Professor Green or one of these Yeah, guys, I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, so take Professor Green as an example, and he talks about it a lot. It's like, you know, if the. Not on social media, but if if the Daily Mail write an article about him, it's often kind of quite a negative, vitriolic sort of thing. And he's actually sort of talked openly about the fact that he just kind of ignores it now. and He does right. ignore it because he does. But then there are other people who will call people out and 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 should call people out. I think. I think mm-hmm. if someone is is being so toxic to you to the point that it's actually just fucking like mm, like mean. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, right you played shit against Arsenal the other day, what are you going to do to sort yourself out? That's, that's just what you expect, right? Yeah. But if someone starts going, you've got shit hair and you smell like anchovies and your wife's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that's... Uh, Describe Dolly again. You know, <laughs> that, <laughs> and you, it, God damn my you wife. Know, <laughs> that's getting personal. And it's like, do you know what? You don't have to, you know, Especially you, the anchovies that, thing. That person shouldn't should ignore that because it's like if you ignore that, then it's just like oh, wow, I'm going to have another go, another go, and another go. Mm. And it's not it's, it's it shouldn't be that person's um, role as a as a highly prominent. Oh, is he a highly prominent footballer? No <laughs> uh, not anymore. He's, no. he's sort of chilled out. <laughs> he now. was the Malaysian Bex. Yeah. the Malaysian Bex, right, right? Shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to endure that. No, there's, mm. no one should. You know,
2: what's been your relationship with the Book of Man and the mainstream
1: media? Has there been one? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but have, have you, like the Daily Mail, have they yeah, we had, spoke about Yeah, we've had a couple of things. That. Yeah, we've had a few things. We've had some pick up early on when we launched because we did firstly our role models piece but also the Professor Green Association just because it was at a time that where he was kind of quite, well, he is now he'd be more sort of higher profile but it was he was at the point where he was talking more about his mental health and he just brought out the two documentaries as well around um, working class men and... and mm. um, but do you, have you had any negativity? Uh, no negativity man? really at all. Um I say the only negativity that we've actually had was from a very small group of guys who were questioning why toxic masculinity was um uh, being used as a term, which I kind of agree with because mm. we, we should be very cautious about how we use that term. But it's then, not a nice
2: sounding term, is it? No. no.
1: But their point their point was what's, you know, I think I mentioned it, what's wrong with, with uh you Know grabbing a girl's boobs and telling her you want to do her, mm. you know, that was that kind of thing, <laughs> so, and I was like, and I had responded to that. And I said, <laughs> and then the guy came out and said, I don't want to mention any names or shame anyone on this, but like, you know, but I've got two daughters and I tell them the same. And I was like, okay, Whoa. that's weird. What that you want to yeah. No. Wait, but it was this what? thing, no, but what as in, fuck? as in, there was this thing yeah, around, kind do of, your daughters. You know, um, wait, so he's sorry, I mean, I was want to cover
0: this. He said that. He, he says to his daughters to be inferior to men and allow that
1: behaviour. No, I think it's just that, you know, he was making the point that he has two daughters and therefore his opinion is valid because he understands women. And so I think, you know, it's like it's this sort of survival instinct thing and that a lot of these guys who, who do, you know, and you talk about, you talk about these, the incels, you know, these groups of men that really hate women because they, they've they never had sex mm. and they can't understand why women would reject them because they, they see themselves as perfect specimens of, of, of masculinity mm. when actually... They probably, it's a vicious circle where they've got themselves to a point that, you know, they weren't so lucky with women, Mm. but then they realised they gave up on that as a pursuit to try and get a female partner and then converted that into hatred for women, which then converted into, you know, actual wanting to rape them and wanting to kill them, you know. And it's sort of, uh, I don't know where we've gone with that, but, like, uh, there's these these dangerous pockets of, like, you know, where hyper-masculinity and actually sort of these... You know, they call them insecurities that manifest into serious. You know, serious, yeah, serious
0: I think sometimes, like anything, the the term of anything
1: can start to piss people off. Like it's like mental health.
0: You know, I know, I know some doctors that, that get quite sick of people walking and being like, "I've got a mental health." You know, the terms, the terms sometimes we have got one. Yeah, 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 yeah. we, we all yeah, have, have one. Have you have know. but <laughs> I, I think soon the term of it will, you know, will get will either annoy people. Or, but yeah, the good thing is that it's going to get people speaking about a subject yeah. and having an opinion on it. So I I that's would,
2: that's guess, that's my point with the Gillette Adam, with Tyson Fury, and with I don't. I'm from a point where I don't actually really care if they're authentic in it somewhere. It doesn't actually really bother me. I think mm. it's just important right now for that conversation just for the, to be generated. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think you're right I think you're right to a degree. I think there will come a point where you do have to have the authenticity underneath it. But I yeah. think right now, you know, whether Tyson Fury is going to donate all his prize money to, to mental health charities or not, you know, at least he's he's done something which kind of moves it on a little bit more than it was before the, yeah. to an audience of people that are going well fair play we should, should
2: we jump in one of Junior's yeah, you, yeah. do you want to I'm, read it in, in I'm his voice I'm just going to so. say
0: no, nah, nah, I'm not doing Junior's voice um, I reckon <laughs> what are Buff what well, buff, are you doing uh, what do you think about no uh, what, I'd like, what I'd like to say is i uh, have probably got um, you know five or, five or so minutes left yeah. I think we're going to wrap up and do some of our closure questions but I, I am going to by the way ask that question about the £100 or less things. I feel like you might have an answer for that one if you don't get one ready
2: yeah. Um, but yeah Ian go on back onto Junior uh, I want to know <laughs> no I can't, I can't I'm an Asian Bex um I want to know the key difference in how women and men deal with mental illness. What would you say? What okay. have you noticed?
1: Yeah. So I think it was going back to my earlier point, actually, which is it's this distraction and um, versus ruminating. <laughs> Oh. Ruminating is a word I've only recently used. No, it means <laughs> it, going around in circles. It means going around right? in circles and getting to this point where the, you take the negativity, and I think this is this was actually from a study that was done at Yale University. I'm not just making this up. Um, I was looking to it recently for, uh, for a press we did. And there is a fundamental difference in that the women do go over and over and over the negative things in their life to a point where they're able to then articulate them to someone to be able to talk to them. Whereas men don't do that so much. They won't, they won't necessarily do that thought process where they're over overthinking. They will just push it to one side. Mm. And when you push something to one side, you need something to distract it from coming back. And that distraction can come in the form of, you know, drink or drugs or it can come in the form of, as I said, putting on the mask and doing this, you know, mm. putting on a show, really, of who you really are. So that's, that's I think, the fundamental differences. Um, and it's not just from that. There are other things that kind of back that up, really. Right. It's the idea that men don't talk as much as they should do, you know, and that's kind of where why we exist, which mm. is to talk about um, people's stories so that other people feel comfortable enough to come, come forward with their own.
2: And you mm. think that women do the opposite
1: then? I don't think they do the opposite, but I think they, because, you know, mental health in, in women is, as we said, as, as just as prominent, if, if not more, well, is more. Um, and I think, of course, there are going to be exceptions to every rule. There always is, but I think a large majority. If you ask anyone in that space, often the reason why there's a, a sort of a get out from the from the ultimate end, which is to take one's own life, the reason why the 25% of suicides are women and 75% of men is largely down to the fact that women have that intervention period mm-hmm. where talking to someone can stop them from going through with things. So it's the idea that men are more successful at, at taking their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a sad fact. Yeah. Um,
0: it's, you know, a good, it's a good <clears throat> I guess, a good place to kind of, I guess, tee the conversation off on, because that's not really a saying, but I'm going to go with it. Um, ma- mainly because I think the... There can be so much confusion in discussing these subjects. I mm. think the fundamental line is just talk more, yeah, and and don't feel scared yeah. about being open about your feelings. I think that's it's,
2: it's hard because it's it's hard because not everyone's going to want to talk. So there needs to be a solution for people that don't yeah. want yeah. to talk as well.
1: I think that yeah, I think you're right, and I think the. The talking bit is, is the kind of bit where we come in, right? So that's that's our thing is to try and inspire people to open up. There's, there are other organisations that might take a different approach. And I think you know, the guys at Rock, Rock to Recovery, their approach is to individually tailor things Two guys who have been affected by certain things and get them out and doing stuff because that can be, you know, taking that distraction element and turning it into something mm-hmm. that's positive. So, if you're going to distract yourself from your negativity, let's make it something positive that you're distracting yourself with rather than something negative, mm-hmm. such as shutting yourself away or drinking yourself to death or yeah. sticking loads of coke up your bum. So, um, <laughs> um I and mean, it doesn't have to go up. There. No, no, no. no yeah. Whichever yeah, whole works. Yeah, works. Um,
0: okay, then we'll leave, we'll leave, <laughs> end on a, t- On a cheery note, which is my question, or our question around the, it's a Tim Ferriss question that we ripped off, which is basically around um, what is the the best thing that you've bought in the last year or two that's been under the value of £100. Okay. My, I normally, do you know what, it's ruining my own question, but my Beats headphones, they're not under £100, right. and actually I've lost them four times. We didn't so, ask yeah. you the question, mate. Oh, no, <laughs> right. But just to start you off whilst yeah, yeah. you're thinking, I'd just love that I could just close off the world and just get into a weird yeah, little yeah. tech fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, fuck. could you be anything. What? Pram.
1: Pram gets your kid get around, bag of weed. Okay, so like yeah. bag weed. I'll tell you, actually, no, <laughs> actually, do you know what? Oh, god, did we go? website <laughs> <No>, um, <laughs> so is yeah. no, So, um, so I gave up smoking two years ago and Bravo, I smoked, I'd smoked 20 fags a day for probably since about 17, which wow. is quite worrying, isn't it? But I gave up smoking two years ago, and it re- really was, it was partly because I wanted to and partly because of the kids. Um, and then I sort of got because of setting this thing up, got quite sort of like, oh, shit. Thought about going back to fags, we got this vape thing. Um, and then actually, I bought off on recommendation from Professor Green actually some of this CBD oil,
0: I don't ah. know if you're familiar with stuff.
1: But it, um, has really helped with um, just sort of chilling me, <laughs> chilling, yeah. chilling me out, right? And it's it's you know 40 quid a bottle for that size, right? right? And how long does that last? Uh, you? Uh, it would last was, you. As long as you needed to, really, a few weeks, depending on how much you use it, just a little bit in there, in with that, and it's meant a I've been sleeping better. B I've taught myself not to get so stressed out about stuff, mm-hmm. which helped me not get so stressed out about certain stuff that was is just not worth getting stressed about. But also, it's made me focused as well. I think it helps my focus. I'm wow. not saying it's for everyone, of course, but and you can actually take it in supplements and in milkshakes and all sorts of shit. to have it. Um, and it's obviously it's, it's becoming more. Cool, but it's, it's we've definitely. We've seen we've heard so much stuff about this now on, 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 on every like successful podcast. They're yeah.
0: so
2: speaking about. It, it
1: know, looks doing, nice, is not it? It looks really cool. Can I just say it's, it's like a matte it, yeah. black? But, that, but
0: that's uh, is that
2: vape special yeah. stuff? This yeah, is, yeah. Because you, you can get it for You get yeah. strong because Ben takes it for mm. Ben, a guy our fitness uh, personal trainer, yeah, came John. here. He um, he takes it for just helping his joint. Yeah, like joint pain that he's had. There are
0: loads of benefits yeah. that we. Use. I mean, if you There's look at. There's loads it up, of benefits. So they that, can't advertise it yet officially in no, the UK, can no. they? No, no. But it's. You they know, got it
1: legalised, haven't they? Still. It's being. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so you can you can buy this in its form. It's not as as you know as as pure as it is. So I mix all sorts of other stuff, but mm-hmm. it definitely has helped with certain situations in place. Like, Excellent. Nice. Well, right thank you for the life cool. hack. That's yeah, I'm cool. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not more exciting. Though. No, that is. That's <laughs> probably the most exciting.
0: We, know, we actually. Had, that's the first time we've asked that question, and it beats yeah. my um, irrelevant answer of beats, which are. Well, no, I degrees. also love yeah, exactly <laughs> as well, and
1: I actually I would say although they were more, much more expensive than 100%. being so it is yeah. Being yeah. in a start, I haven't spent any. I haven't spent over 100 pounds in about two years. Right. Like, okay. Unless <laughs> it's on like I don't know what holidays gas bill. What do you, what would you <laughs> what would you
2: like to plug? Well, where
1: can we find where can we more? find Just you at the Book well, of Man? Um, so go visit the Book of Man if you get a chance, which is www.thebookofman.com. Nice. Um, we've got, I don't know when this is going out, but we've got... Uh, this Sunday. Okay, cool. So we've got a number of events left um, on the 19th of March. We have the New Perceptions of Men, which is photographer Gene Chalkley, which is in association with Harry's, which will be at the book club on the... Nineteenth of March, um, and Dean Chalkley will be taking pictures of you. So come down and have your picture taken by Dean Chalkley. And that's uh, men and women. That's men. Just men. <laughs> yes. You know I mean? <laughs> 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 that's yeah.
0: Just
1: men. Okay. Um, but just if you, you would like your original picture by Dean Chalkley, then come down for that. And um, yes. yeah, just uh, subscribe. Nice. Well, look, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank today. you so thank much for having me It's you. been great Thanks, being
0: here. Bravo. Thank you. We're getting in the car now. <laughs>
2: thanks for listening guys don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Dog Days Pod leave us a comment let us know what you think and we'll see you next week